Good morning, guys. How's everybody doing this morning? Yes. So good to see you guys today. Hey, man, turn to your neighbor around you. Just look at him and say, you're not perfect. Tell him you're not perfect. Now look at him and say, I got issues too. Now look at him and say, we're not perfect, but we serve the one who is. If you believe that, put your 10 string instruments together all over the house. So good to see you guys. Good to have you today. Uh, Let me throw out a couple of things to you of importance. December the 8th, December the 8th, December the 8th. I want you to remember that. We're going to have all of our kids to come in that morning during worship, and they're going to be leading us in worship. And so, man, I want to encourage you and invite you to come and be with us. We want to support our kids. We want to love them. We want to cheer them on. And so there's some information for you, uh, especially those of you parents who've been checking your kids in. You should have gotten some information, a little packet uh, to kind of explain what's going to happen on that day. But please remember that. That's December the 8th. That's happening. And then also, we've got Night of Worship coming up. Night of Worship coming up. That's going to be in Mount Olive. And I believe that's November the 22nd. Am I right on that, Miss Gina? I think I'm right on that. November the 22nd. Uh, that's next Friday night. And so, man, it's just a time to come together and worship together. Uh, I'm actually going to be doing a devotion that night. Pastor Jim is actually going to be doing communion that night. So I just want to invite all of you to take part in that. And let's just have a great time at seven o'clock, November the 22nd, night of worship. And that's at the Mount Olive campus. Uh, If you have some questions about that, you can certainly go online and uh, they've got the address and all of that for you there. But anyway, so just those couple announcements. Are you guys ready for the word today? Amen. We have been in a series called Niche, Niche, Finding Your Purpose. And if you're in Johnston County, we call it Niche. That's just the way it is. But it's really called Niche. And it's all about finding your purpose in life. Finding out what did God make you to be. And we've kind of had a theme verse, if you will, from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10 says what? We are God's what? masterpiece. Turn to somebody and say, you are God's work of art. You are God's work of art. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can what? Do the good things he planned for us long ago. And so we just begin talking about what is our purpose? What has God put us here for? And so we had kind of a a theme saying, if you will, last week that said this, we are made by God for God, and it is only in God that you discover what your purpose is. So we're made by God, for God, and it is only in God that you discover what your purpose is. And so if you want to know your purpose, if you want to know what you're made to do, it all starts with God. And so we started walking through the niche word here. And so last week we started talking about the end, the end representing our natural abilities, natural abilities. Every single one of us uh, statistically has anywhere between 500 and 800 natural abilities. There's just thing you're naturally good at. And, you know, we said this, hey, go get you two or three friends, because a lot of times it's hard for you to look at yourself and say, hey, this is what I'm good at. 
we oftentimes spend a lot more time talking about what we're not good at. And so go get you some friends and talk to them and say, hey, what are some of the qualities that you see in me? Some natural abilities, write those down, take them down, and that can kind of help you to discover kind of what your natural abilities are. Today, I want to move on to the letter I, and I want to talk to you today about your individual personality, your individual personality, because all of us have a personality. Come on, anybody? All of us have personalities, and so we want to discover what our personalities are. And so if you have your Bibles, turn or click there to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 12, verse 30. We're going to be taking a lot of notes today, so let me just throw a plug in for you. If you'll get the Bridge app and download that to your mobile device, you can click on that app, go to Notes, Sermon Notes, click on Smithfield, and all of our notes are on that app. So let me just encourage you to do that. Uh, or you could write really, really fast today. Whichever one is up to you. Are you in Mark chapter 12, verse 30 yet? Mark chapter 12, verse 30 says, You must love the Lord your God with what? All of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. Let me read that to you again. I want you to get this. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. Now, when you're reading in the scriptures, this is actually called the great commandment or the most important commandment. And so you've got this guy one day, he comes up to Jesus and he says, hey, Jesus, uh, summarize the whole Bible for me. And so Jesus looks at him and says, okay, the number one purpose in your life is this, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. And all of your strength. There's other purposes in life. But this is the number one purpose you have. So you understand that God did not just put you on the planet. For you to go through life and just check off some to-do list. No, God put you here to love him with all of your heart. All of your soul. All of your mind. And all of your strength. So the question is, how do we do that? How do we do that? Do, and another thing you need to understand. There's a difference between your heart and your soul. There's a difference between your mind and your strength. And so one of the ways to look at this scripture and look at, at, at the heart, the soul, the mind, and strength is through the lens of personality. Personality. And again, this being the great commandment, notice we're, we're, we're commanded to do all four. But every single one of us, you're going to lean more to one more so than you do the other. In other words, some of you tend to be a heart person. Some of you tend to be a soul person or a mind person or a strength person. And that is your God-given personality. And God wants you to love him and serve him and worship him with the personality that he's given you. God doesn't want you to try to worship him like somebody else. He doesn't want you to try to serve him like somebody else. Do you realize that you are an original? You're an original. Come on, you're not a carbon copy of anybody. God literally broke the mold when he made you. Turn to somebody and say, praise the Lord. <laughs> you're an original. You're not a carbon copy. God made you to be you. You're the only one in the planet like you. Turn to your neighbor real quick. Look at him. Can you imagine that hair on your head? Can you imagine that nose on your face? Can you imagine? Now, if you got some people in here, you guys look exactly alike. So, but can you imagine that? And so God made you to be you. He gave you a distinct personality. There's no two plants alike. 
There's no two snowflakes alike. There's no two people alike. So you are an original. And so God says, hey, I gave you a personality and I want you to use it for my glory. So really, when you look at the heart, soul, mind and strength, another way to to talk about this would be to love God with all of your talk, all of your feelings, all of your thinking and all of your acting. So, for instance, if you're a heart person, then, then you're good at talking. You know, you're, you're good at discussions. You're good at putting words together. And, and, and some people are good at that. Some of you are good at feelings. You know, you're, you, you tend to be more emotional. You tend to be more in touch with your emotions than the rest of us. Some of you are mind people. You're good at thinking. You, you tend to be more mental, not so much verbal or emotional. And so you tend to analyze things. You tend to analyze everything. Some of you are strength people, and so you're more into doing. You're more physical. You're more practical, not so much thinking or feeling. But the point of all of this is that you're a blend of all of them. You're a mix. You're a combo, but you primarily act in one of these ways more than the other. Romans chapter 12 verse 9 says this, Love from the center of who you are, don't fake it. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. So here's what I want to do today real quick. I want to do a survey in the house today. And I need for everybody to participate. So if I say, hey, are you a talker? You just love conversations. You talk all the time. When I say, are you a talker? Then you'll raise your hand. If I say, okay, maybe you're a feeler. You're more in touch with your emotions all the time. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're a feeler, I want you to raise your hand. For some of you say, I'm a mind person. I'm all about the intellect. Raise your hand. Or if you say, you know what? I'm just a get or done person, man. I just want to do the work. Then when I call you, you raise your hand. Everybody needs to vote. If the person beside you doesn't vote, vote for them. Okay. So are you ready? Let's go. How many of you guys in the house would say I'm a talker? Any talkers in the house? Look at that. All of the talkers. Thank you so much. How many of you guys are feelers? Any feelers in the house? Your emotions? Yes. Thank you for that. Some of you are being very reluctant to raise your hand. And I see other people talking about they're raising your hand for you. There you go. Get involved. How many of you guys are mind people? Any mind people in the house? Thank you. All right. Where's my action, folks? Where the get her done, people? There it is. All right. The point is, we are a combination and a mixture of all of these. And so what I want to do in the next few moments is I want to break each one of them down. And let's just have a good time today and really kind of find out your personality. Find out where you fit. So let's look at the first one. The first one says that we are to love God with all of our heart. Heart people are talkers. Heart people are talkers. The Bible over and over again makes a direct connection between your heart and your mouth. For instance, if you have a profanity problem, it's not a problem with your mouth. It's a problem with your heart. If you're the type of person that's judgy and critical, it's not a problem with your mouth. It's a problem with your heart. If you're a person that exaggerates everything, don't don't point at them. Just look at them and say, you know. If you're that kind of person, it's not a problem with your mouth. It's a problem with your heart. What you say has a direct connection with your heart. Matthew chapter 15, verse 18. This is what Jesus says. The words that come out of your mouth come from where? They come from your heart. So heart people can't help but speak. They're going to talk. And whatever your heart is filled with, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. If your heart is filled with anger, anger is going to come out of your mouth. 
If your heart is filled with depression, depression comes out of your mouth. If your heart is filled with joy, then joy comes out of your mouth. There is a definite heart-mouth connection. Talkers are people that worship God with their heart. Here's another thing that you need to know about heart people. They have a really hard time with being quiet. Have you ever noticed that before? They just talk and talk and talk and talk. Heart people love to tell stories. Heart people love to just talk all the time. And if you're a heart person, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you get pleasure in conversations. You love to have conversations. Now, the downside to heart people is they're not good at keeping secrets at all. (laughs) At all. That's why I had you guys to raise your hand so you know all the people not to tell something to. (laughs) Heart people are not good at keeping secrets. And why? Because what's in their heart is going to come out. And so sometimes that can be a little gossipy. But here's what I want you to see. It can also be used in a positive way. Psalms chapter 40, verse 10, I have not kept this good news hidden in my heart. Instead, I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone, I have told everyone of your unfailing love and your faithfulness. So again, these are your talkers. Now, what's the purpose of talkers? Why do we have talkers in the world? One word, communication, communication. The purpose of a talker, and this should be in your nose, is communication. We need people who are communicators. We need people who can lead discussions. We need people who can verbalize what everyone else feels. And this is why we have teachers and counselors and coaches and pastors and all of this. Because we need people who are built on verbal skills that know how to move the world forward. And so if you're a talker, which if you looked around the room, about a quarter of us are, then I want to encourage you to use your personality for good. Use your words in a positive way, not so much in a negative way. Which, by the way, if you're a talker, Proverbs needs to be your favorite book in the Bible. Proverbs needs to be your favorite book in the Bible. If you're a talker, you need to read the book of Proverbs every single day. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 says, the words of the wise bring healing. The words of the wise bring healing. The right kind of word at the right time can heal a broken heart. It can restore. It can encourage. It can build. And so if you're a talker, every time you use your words, use your words to build people up, not tear people down. Again, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 3, the words of the wise keep people out of trouble. The words of the wise keep people out of, the, out of trouble. So again, when you use your ability to verbalize, use it to guide and direct and point people in the right direction. So that is the purpose of a talker. But let me just give you this. There's weaknesses to talkers as well. The weakness of a talker is simply this. The more you talk, the more you're going to say the wrong thing eventually. The more you talk, you're going to say the wrong thing eventually. In other words, eventually, you're going to say the wrong thing or you're going to say the right thing at the wrong time to the wrong person. You're going to talk all the time and talking is your greatest strength, but it's also your greatest weakness. Because you just talk and talk and talk and talk. Had a friend of mine 
who was a talker. And he would come over here and he would tell you, hey, listen, I've got something to tell you. Now, don't you tell anybody. I love you. I'm confining you. I'm going to tell you. And so I'm like, all right, man, lay it on me. And so he's telling me something. This is no lie, guys. 30 minutes later, I break around the corner. He's telling the same story to somebody else. Hey, don't I love you. I'm just going to tell you why he's a talker. And so talkers, the weakness is the more you talk, eventually you're going to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. So again, that's the weakness. Now, let me give you a warning. Here's God's warning to all of the talkers. You have to act. You have to act. This is the warning straight from God. You have to act. You can't just talk about it. You have to act on what you say. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23 Get to work and you'll earn a living. If you just sit around talking, you'll be poor. Turn to somebody and say, you got to move ahead. You got to move ahead. Some people never get past the discussion stage. They just talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. And one day, someday, maybe I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm just going to wait on it. You've been waiting on the Lord for 20 years. You got to move ahead. Let me ask you something. How many of you in here have been talking about something for weeks, months, possibly even years, and you have yet to act on that? Can I just encourage you today to move ahead? Move ahead. So again, the first personality is that people who love God with all their heart. These are the talkers. Let's look at the second group. The second group of people are the soul people. These are the feelers in the house. Any feelers in the house today? These are the feelers. These are the people that love God with their soul. Now, what does that mean? What exactly does it mean when you say you love God with all of your soul? The Bible uses uh, the word soul in many different ways. But most of the time when the Bible uses the word soul, it is a direct connection to emotions. So in other words, soul is kind of like a synonym for emotions. Matter of fact, in the book of Psalms, if you read the book of Psalms, that book is almost always used for emotions. And the reason why we have emotions is because we're created in God's image, in his likeness. He is an emotional God. God has feelings. God gets angry. He gets happy. He gets sad. And so we have emotions because we are made in God's image. And again, if you read the book of Psalms, which by the way, if you're a soul person, Psalms is probably your favorite book in the Bible. It is. Why? Because every emotion known to man is in the book of Psalms. It talks about a downcast soul, a disturbed soul, a satisfied soul, a troubled soul, a joyful soul, a bitter soul, a thirsty soul, a hungry soul, a rejoicing soul, a delighted soul, a longing soul. All of these things are in the book of Psalms. And so soul people feel their emotions. They're very in touch with their emotions. Some people are not in touch with their emotions. Talkers, for instance, they're more in touch with their words. They're more verbal, but feelers are more in touch with their soul. They're very emotional. As a matter of fact, they have a hard time hiding their emotions. They oftentimes think they're hiding it, but their emotions are always going to come up in the way they act. Have you ever talked to a soul person and they look at you and say, I'm not angry. I'm not mad. It's all good. And yet you see that red line starting at their neck and it's like a thermometer. It just keeps going up and up. And finally, when it reaches here, I'm telling you, I'm not mad. Just leave me alone. Why? Because they're a soul person. Their emotions 
are getting the best of them. And some of you are laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. So here's the thing. Why do we need feelers in the world? What is the purpose of feelers? One word, compassion. We need compassion. God is a compassionate God. And soul people or feelers, these are the people that represent that part of God's personality. A lot of people in the world, they care deeply about issues. They care deeply about knowing God and helping others. And these are soul people. Which, by the way, a feeler is a people person. A feeler is a people person. Feelings are often very popular. Why? Because they understand what you're going through. You go up to a talker and say, I'm having a bad day. They're going to give you an hour's worth of counseling. You go up to a thinker and say, I'm having a bad day. They're going to analyze the whole thing for you. They're going to lay it out, write it down, and give it to you. You go up to a doer and say, I'm having a bad day. They're going to say, build a bridge and get over it, partner. There's work to be done. Let's go. But you go up to a feeler and you say, hey, I'm having a bad day. They're going to look at you and say, oh, I understand what you're going through. I got that. I've been there. I've been through that. And so they know what you're feeling. And so we like feelers because we feel understood by them. And so the Bible says that we are to love God. Watch this. All four ways. We're to manifest all four ways. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to each other. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. God says, hey, I've been all four of these things to you. So you need to turn around and be all of them to others. So again, there is a purpose for feelers, but there's also a weakness. The weakness for a feeler is simply this. They're more tempted by their feelings. They are manipulated by their moods. Just kind of let that hang for a minute. Feelers are manipulated by their moods. And you're going to be tempted to say, I want to do this because I feel like it. And I don't want to do this because I don't feel like it. And the problem with that is that your feelings will lie to you. Have you ever noticed that? Your feelings will lie to you. And so you can be discouraged and think the whole world's going to Hades in a handbasket. No, it's not. You can be discouraged because you've had a bad day and it just ain't working out for me. And so you feel bad and you feel like your life is crumbling and everything's going to... No, it's not. But you feel that way. And so oftentimes we're led by our feelings. We're led by our emotions. And so if it doesn't feel good to us, we don't do it. But here's what I've discovered in my own life. That if the only time I do something is when I feel like doing it, then the devil is never going to let me feel like doing it. So again, if you're a feeler, you're going to be tempted by your emotions. It feels good, so how can it be wrong? Thinkers have temptations, doers have temptations, talkers have temptations, feelers have their temptations. But let me throw this out here to you. Nothing tempts you until you've been hooked by your emotions. Nothing tempts you until it has hooked your emotions. If it doesn't get you emotionally involved, then you're not tempted. You're going to be tempted the rest of your life. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11... Since your real home is in heaven, keep away from the evil pleasures of this world. They are not for you. They fight against you, your very soul. So you're going to be tempted by your emotions. Now, let me, let me just give you a warning because all of the feelers, they have warnings too. You must let God lead you. You must let God lead you. 
Galatians 5, 16. Don't be led by your emotions. Don't be led by that, but be led by the Spirit. So it says, let the Spirit direct your life. And if that happens, you won't satisfy the give in to the lust or the desires of the flesh. Listen, we all have desires, but not all desires are good desires. Come on, are you with me today? So you're going to have to make up your mind. Am I going to be controlled by my emotions? Am I going to be controlled by my flesh? Or am I going to be controlled by the Holy Spirit? Which one is it? So again, these are the feelers. But then there's the third personality. The third people are the mind people. And these are the thinkers. These are the thinkers. Talkers love God with their heart. Feelers love God with their soul. Thinkers love God with their mind. Do you know that you can love God with your intellect? Did you know that? Do you know that when you're doing intellectual activities, you're doing exactly what God has created you to do? Listen, God never said, I created you and gave you a brain. And when you follow me, I want you to take your brain and sit it on the shelf and just follow me. No, he says, I want you to give every part of your life to me, including your mind, including your brain. God loves you and we are called to love God with all of our mind. So in other words, when you're developing your mind and strengthening your mind and educating your mind, you are doing that as an act of worship. You're doing something that God has called and created you to do. You know, it's interesting, and if you never have studied this, I want to encourage you to study this. There are nine major worldviews, nine major worldviews. One of those worldviews is Christianity or theism. And that worldview is a worldview that really, to be honest with you, is the only one that lines up with reality. None of the rest of the worldviews line up with reality because all of the other worldviews, they lead you to with one thing in mind, nothing really matters. Nothing really matters. Listen, there is no meaning if there is no God. Our lives have no meaning if there is no God. If there is no God, then you're an accident and your life doesn't matter. If there is no God, your life has no purpose. It has no meaning. You're just a freak accident. That's what it means. So the only logical, rational lining up with reality there is, is found in God's word, the B-I-B-L-B. And God says, I want you to use your mind to worship me. Matter of fact, people who are mind people or thinkers, when they get saved, they immediately fall in love with the Bible. They immediately fall in love with the Bible. Why? Because the Bible is the only book I know that you can study it and study it and study in it. And the more you study it, the deeper it gets. The more you study, the deeper it gets. It's the only book I know that you can pick it up depressed and put it down refreshed. You can pick it up sad and put it down glad. It's the only book I know that has been the number one bestseller for decades on end. Every year, year after year, it is God's word. It is the Bible, that is the only worldview that lines up with reality. And so if you're a thinker, you love to study God's word. Why? Because it gives you the answer to all of life's questions. Why am I here? Where am I going? What is my purpose in life? Why does my life matter? Where did I come from? All of those answers are found in God's word. And so thinkers study the Bible. They love the Bible. Psalms 119 verse 97. How I love your law, I think about it all day long. So what is the purpose of thinkers in the world? What is their purpose? Because again, talkers have communication, feelers have compassion. The purpose of thinkers is one word, consideration. Consideration. 
In other words, somebody's got to be thinking through the complex issues of life. Somebody's got to be thinking through the implications of everything else the rest of us are doing. Somebody's got to look at the problems and bring solutions to the table. Somebody's got to do that. The talkers are going to sit there and talk about it all day long. The feelers are upset because Hades is coming and all of that good stuff. The thinkers are the one that sit there and said, hey, let's think through this problem. Here's some solution. So we need thinkers in the world. And so the Bible tells us that we are to think about what to do in our own lives. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 49. You should think about the way you're living and turn back to the Lord. Think about the way you're living and turn back to the Lord. We need to think about the direction of our lives. Now, let me give you a couple of weaknesses for thinkers. There's a couple of them. The first one is pride. Pride. Because thinkers who have the ability to think really quick and they're very educated, they tend to look down on people that don't think like they do. And so they tend to devalue everybody else. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 1. Knowledge makes people arrogant, but love does what? Builds them up. So there's nothing wrong with being smart. Use your smarts, but temper it with love. Another weakness to thinkers is indecision. Indecision. They spend the whole time thinking, well, what about this? And what about this? And what do we go here? And what if we go there? And they never come to a conclusion. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7. Always studying, but never able to recognize the truth. So these are the weaknesses to thinkers. Let me give you two warnings. We got two weaknesses. Let's look at two warnings. God gives us two warnings to thinkers. Number one, practice humility. Practice humility. I don't care if you're the smartest one in the room. Practice humility. Why? Well, the Bible says this, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Well, I'm smart. I did. Well, who gave you your brain? Who gave you the knowledge? God gave it to you. Again, it all goes back to God. We were made by God, for God, and it is only in God that we discover our purpose. And so again, indecision is one of those things. We got to practice humility. Here's another warning. Practice what you know. I'm going to let that hang for a minute. Practice what you know. If you know it, do it. If you know it, do it. I wake up every morning and my job at my house, one of my jobs at my house is to make the bed. That's my job. Well, what are you going to make it for? You're going to sleep in it in the afternoon because that's just my job. My wife told me to do it and I do it. That's my job. My job is to make the bed. So some mornings I get up and I'm like, I don't need to make the bed. I don't want to make the bed. I don't want to do that. I'm tired and I don't feel like making a bed. I don't feel like getting the sheet straight and, you know, smoothing it out and all. And Misty had come to me. She said, why didn't you make the bed? I said, well, I, I shouldn't feel like it today. She said, well, that's your job. I said, yeah. She said, well, you know what you ought to do. I said, yeah. She said, well, why haven't you done it? So again, if you know what to do, do it. Let me give you a scripture for that. James chapter 1 verse 22 Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Turn to somebody and say, do it. It's just like Nike. Do it. Get it done. I want you to write something down. And I want you to hashtag niche. I want you to, this is a Facebook, tweetable, textable, social media moment. I want you to hashtag niche in this. Write this down. I only believe the parts of the Bible I actually do. 
burn. (laughs) I only believe the parts of the Bible I actually do. You believe you ought to give to the poor? Yeah, do you do it? No. You believe people need Christ to go to heaven? Of course. Do you tell them? No. Do you believe in tithing? Yeah. Do you do it? No. You only believe the parts of the Bible you actually do. James chapter 4, 17. This is not in your notes, but it's a good scripture. If anyone knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's sin. You guys thought y'all were going to have like one of these happy, clappy, sing-song, sappy, going to be awesome running laps around the church today until we got to this moment. You only believe the parts of the Bible you actually do. If it's in God's Word and you know about it and you don't do it, then you don't believe it. Let's move on real quick. Let's look at the last personality, number four. The fourth personality, these are the great people, man. I love these guys. The strength people are the doers. Come on, give a hand to all of the doers in the house. These are the achievers, the accomplishers, the workers. Psalms chapter 116, verse 16. Oh God, here I am, your servant, your faithful servant. Set me free for your service. You know what that guy's saying? Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play the game. I don't want to sit back and watch history. I want to make history. I don't want to be on the sideline waving my pom-poms. I'm throwing it down, putting on the jersey, and getting in the game. I don't want to watch life happen. I want to make life happen. These are the doers. Now, the purpose of doers is one word, contribution. Contribution. So we need communication. We need compassion. We need consideration. But we need people that can get the work done. People of action. We need some getter done people. Some go-getters. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. Offer your bodies to him as a living sacrifice. Pure and pleasing. That's the most sensible way to serve God. You know what he's saying? Here is my body. Use me in any way you see fit. I'm yours. So just like talkers, just like feelers, just like thinkers, you've got the doers. And their purpose is to work, is contribution. But let me give you a weakness to workers, overwork. Doers are always working. They never stop to think. They certainly don't stop to feel. They wouldn't spend a second talking about it. They're just saying, let's get it done. Let's go. They're always busy. Psalms chapter 127 verse 2. It is senseless for you to work so hard from early morning to late at night, fearing that you will starve to death. For God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. Some of you need to take that scripture and post it on your refrigerator or put it on the mirror in your bathroom. You need to get your proper rest. Come on, Thomas. You need to get your proper rest. Turn to somebody and say, you need to get your proper rest. Now, let me give you a warning and I'm almost done. Have you guys got anything out of this today? Let me give you a warning. Here's a warning to all of our workers. Slow down. Slow down. That's God's warning. Slow down. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 25. I I love this out of the message translation. Slow down. Take a breath. 
What's the hurry? Why wear yourself out? What are you after anyway? But you say, I can't help it. I'm addicted to alien gods. I'm addicted to false gods. I'm addicted to something else other than the one true God. And I can't quit. God says, slow down. Slow down. Missy and I were talking last night. You know, sometimes our lives get so busy. And we've got the kids eating at, we've got a, a little, kind of little bar area. And so the kids are eating there. And she and I are sitting in the living room and we're eating. And Elaine and Samantha's eating somewhere else. And so we were talking about this last night. I said, man, we're, we're just all so busy. We need to get back around the table again. You just need to slow down. And say, God, let's, let's take time for our families. Let's take time for our loved ones. Let's put priorities back in line where they need to be. There's nothing wrong with being a doer. There's nothing wrong with wanting to get the work done. We need you. But just slow down and take a breath. Doers are people that if they're not working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, they're not happy. And there's nothing wrong with that. But every once in a while, you got to catch your breath and slow down. So let me ask you again. You don't have to raise your hand. Are you a talker? Where's your personality at? Are you a feeler? Are you a thinker? Or are you a doer? God said, I want you to love me with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. And each one of these represents a unique personality we all have. We are a mixture of all four. We're commanded to be and do all four. But we tend to go more one way than the other. So which one are you? Again, this is helping you to discover your purpose. This is helping you to discover who you are. Now look around the, the worship auditorium today. And you see a lot of people with these stickers on right here. A lot of people had these stickers on. The reason why they have these stickers on is because they serve in this ministry. They serve here at the bridge. And they say, hey, you know what? I found it. We've got some people that may have slipped in here and maybe they're from another campus and they've got a sticker too. They serve in the ministry. The whole overall ministry of the bridge. And so for us to stand up and say, man, I found it. That's great. You found your purpose. At this season in your life, you found your purpose. But here's what I want you to understand. It doesn't matter whether you're standing on stage or whether you're in the parking lot or whether you're cleaning the building, in the nursery, in kids' church, in media, in worship. It doesn't matter, ushers. It doesn't outreach. It doesn't matter what ministry you're serving in, just so you're serving. And so what we're trying to get you to do is to say, hey, man, put me in, coach. I told you last week. Maybe you slept in here slept. Maybe you slipped in here today because somebody invited you and you said, Well, you know what? I'm just gonna slip in. I'm just gonna check it out. And I just want to get something today. But but here's my thought on that. I have a hard time believing that God lets you get all prettied up and dressed up and sitting in here just so you can get something. I kind of believe that the reason why you come in here today is because you have an ability. You have a personality. 
that the Bridge Smithfield needs. And we need you. And so at the end of our service, when you walk out, right over here at the little information center, let's little area over here is decorated with wood. It's got a couple I found it stickers up there. There's several lists on that table. Several of you have already signed up, and we thank you, and we appreciate you. But if you're not serving in a ministry here in Smithfield, then, man, let me encourage you. Put your name down on that list. You know? If you say, hey, I want to be in the worship, and I want to get up here and sing, well, Thomas is going to check your personality. If you're not a singer, man, we love you, but you're not cutting on stage. You might say, hey, I want to be in the parking lot. I want to be on the front door. Well, if your personality is one that just looks like you sucked on a sour liniment all day long, sorry, you're not going to be in the parking lot in front. We can put you in the media booth all day long. And I'm so messing with you guys right now. (laughs) The point is, you have an ability. You have a personality. And I believe God sent you here. For it to be used right here in this place. To be used to reach more people. To make a difference in life. So for all of you guys in here today. Again at the end of the service. I want you to go out. Sign your name out. And listen let me just say this. If you sign up to say hey. I want, I want to sign up for worship. It doesn't mean that you've got to commit to being on the worship team. All that means is that you're saying. Hey I want some information about that. Most everybody on our team, now worship is a little bit different, but most everybody else, we ask you to serve one time a month. Just one Sunday a month is what we ask you to serve. Some of the positions serve a little bit more, depending on where you are. But most all of our positions is one time a month. Can you give God one Sunday a month to use your abilities and to use your personality? I think you can. And so at the end of the service, go sign up for that. Here's another thing we've done for you at the bridge. If you go on the app... And you click on um, serving, join a serve team, and you go to the bottom of that screen, we've got a free disc personality test for you. If you really want to know where your personality is, we've provided that for you. So for all of you that says, well, you know what, I think I'm a talker, take that test and see if it's really true. It's just a few questions, won't take you five minutes, but we've provided that for you free of charge. All you got to do is just click on it and take the test, and that's your information. Nobody sees that but you, and it helps you to know, hey, God, you've created me. You've made me. I need to find out what my niche is. I want to find out where my purpose is. And so I believe that God's putting his army together in the last days to reach people for him. Amen? Stand with me all over the house today.